Kale Clark here. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Check out Charity Mobile and prayerfully consider making them your wireless carrier. Mention offer code Relevant Radio and get a free phone. Don't delay. CharityMobile.com. That's CharityMobile.com. Fascinating facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome to The Kale Clark Show. A tremendous Thursday to you. It's November the 16th, 2023. And I'm so glad to be with you today. Let me give you the number. You can call in, talk to me for free. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. You can also email the program. It's always good to hear from you. The address is kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. And you can find me on the X app, formerly known as Twitter, at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Well, I have a funny feeling, Producer Jim, that this show is going to generate a lot of calls. And and if I'm wrong, I don't know. I, I, I usually have a good feel for what's going to get, get calls and what's, what's not going to get calls. Sometimes people just like to listen. But this is a question I've been wanting to throw out there for a couple days because I'm seeing this happening earlier than I've ever seen it before. How early is too early for Catholics to put up Christmas decorations? That, that's a, that's an important question. <laughs> uh, we're also going to be talking. So call in. You can you can give me your take on that. We'll we'll, we'll set you up. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. When should you take them down? By the way, that's that's another qu- good question. And, and actually, there, there's there's some. Uh, I, I was reading a study, and I'll share this with you guys, of the physical and psychological benefits of having your decorations up. This is pretty intriguing stuff. Now, this is kind of a separate question from when you should put them up, but I know you guys are kind of getting in the mood. You're kind of getting in the spirit here. And next week, before before all that happens, before Advent, next Thursday, a week from today, it's Thanksgiving. It's the biggest holiday on the American calendar. Of course, uh, I'm not saying it should be. I'm not saying we view it as such here at Relevant Radio, but... In the secular world, it, it simply just is. It's bigger than Christmas, more travel, Black Friday, of course, shopping, all the stuff happens. And when there are get-togethers, as, as there invariably are, family get-togethers, sometimes those are fun, sometimes they're not so fun. Depending on what's going on with certain family members, family history, it, it can be a tricky time for some of you guys. So... In just a minute, I'm going to be talking about how to navigate and how to negotiate those tougher family conversations that come up over the holidays. So I want to get this out there for you before you hit the road, before you start traveling next week, because a lot of you guys are going to be out of commission probably next week. I'll still be here. I'll be on the road with you uh, as you're in the car, jammed up on highways. We love traffic jams at Relevant Radio because we know that people are listening. And hey, you might as well, while you're stuck, you might as well uh, hear about the good news. And uh, even though traffic is often bad news, but I want you to call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can talk about that decoration issue. Uh, but before we do that, let me just get this thing in about Thanksgiving. Now, I've talked about Thanksgiving uh, before on the program and how to hit these conversations. More so, though, in the past, I've talked about how to how to handle things from a faith perspective because faith questions often come up and, and how to talk about Catholic stuff with maybe fallen away Catholic friends and family, disbelieving friends and family. And today I want to kind of talk about things more from a 
practical not i mean that's practical stuff too it's as practical as it gets but where am i going you know in the afterlife that that it doesn't get any more practical than that but i want to talk about just at a human level because we know that grace builds on nature so it's it's really just good from a human level to to figure out how to get on good terms with people from a natural perspective and there's a guy named Chris Voss. I, I don't know if you've heard of Chris Voss. Uh, he's a former FBI agent uh, who wrote, I, I think it's the best book out there on negotiation. When I was in business school, all the rage was this thing called the Harvard Negotiation Project. And they, the Harvard Negotiation Project, um, William Uri, Ury, U-R-Y, uh, he was kind of involved with this. And they wrote this famous book called Getting to Yes!, getting to yes. The idea is you want to say, yes, yeah, we've got a deal here. And, and, and by the way, this is not, this is, you say, who cares? This is far more than about just the business world, because one, one thing that Chris Voss likes to say is that all of, all of life is really a negotiation, isn't it? What am I going to have for dinner? What do you want to cook for dinner? You know, that, that's, that's a negotiation. Um, should we just, uh, do some finger cooking and order in a pizza or, or what? Um, what time your kids go to bed? That that can be a negotiation. So, so, I tell you, some some kids are would be incredible hostage negotiators because it can seem to convince us of almost anything. Uh, but that's what Chris Voss did. He was he was a hostage negotiator for the FBI, involved in some very high profile cases. And after he retired, he he's kind of gotten into this field, and he wrote a book called Never Split the Difference. I'll have to get him on the show sometime because this is actually, it kind of takes a, not a different approach, but it builds on the Harvard approach. It kind of flips some things on its head. And one of the things that he says is you, you actually don't want people to say yes most of the time. I mean, in the end you do, but sometimes when people say yes, it's a counterfeit yes. They're like, it, it's kind of like when, when a salesperson comes to your door, would, wouldn't you like to have a clean home? <laughs> uh yeah, like what? What's the catch? You know, what 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 vacuum cleaner are you going to try to sell me here? Um, <clears throat> whatever the case may be, people people there's there's a counterfeit yes. There's this sort of yes. I'm just saying this to get rid of you. you. You want it to be real. You want it to be real. So the first thing you should really try to do is get people to say no. Why why is that important? Because when people say no, they're actually comfortable. They're actually comfortable because it, it, they're they're sort of in control. So you want to ask a question that's going to have the answer no at the end. It's counterintuitive. It's totally counterintuitive. Is this a bad time to talk? That's a good one because people will say, no, this is fine. But if it is a bad time, they'll say, yeah, it's a bad time. But then uh, let's talk at this other time instead. But this is a bad time. It's a no-oriented question. So it gives people, yeah, no, this isn't a bad time. Okay, good. I'm, now I'm in control. You know, Find out more what you want. You're a little bit more relaxed. Anyways, I don't want to get into too, too much of the psychology behind it, but um, he wrote a, a, a little article a few years ago, Chris Voss, about how to negotiate Thanksgiving with your family, because you guys are going to be dealing with this next week. So it's super, super practical. And, and what he said was that, um, he kind of was ref referencing this other writer named Eric, Eric Barker, um, who said that gratitude and really Thanksgiving is all about gratitude and, and our Catholic faith is really all about that too because even the Eucharist which is the heart of our Catholic faith because it's Jesus himself body blood soul and divinity and this is a Thursday of course Thursday is a day 
to really think about, folks, about pray about the Eucharist, one of the things that you can do is check out Father Rocky's Eucharistic Encounter videos. He's going to be talking about that during the break, uh, so stay tuned for that. But just go to our website. You can click on the link and find it. We'll have more info later. The National Eucharistic Revival is underway. We're going to have the National Eucharistic Congress next year. We're the premier sponsor for it here at Relevant Radio. We're, we, it's very, very important to us to get people in touch with Christ in the Eucharist. And Thursday, on Holy Thursday, that is the day that he instituted the Eucharist. So some saints have always said it's a good day to think about and pray about and meditate on the Eucharist, if you can, before the Blessed Sacrament, if possible. If you can get to Mass, fantastic, and receive the Eucharist yourself. But Eucharist in Greek is, it actually means Thanksgiving. It actually means Thanksgiving. It's kind of rooted in the Hebrew mind in the uh, Todah sacrifice uh, of the Old Covenant. Now, the Todah sacrifice was a sacrifice that you would make in thanksgiving for something that God has done for you. You've gotten out of a jam. God has answered a prayer. Um, you, you've had some good fortune. The person who was sick has been made well. So you make this todah offering, uh, the thanksgiving offering. And uh, that's kind of what the Eucharist is based on. And we don't say, ta-da, it's not magic. Jesus is here. It's not magic. It's a miracle, but it's not magic. Uh, no, I'm only kidding. But but that that kind of is transformed into the new covenant, into the Eucharistic sacrifice, Eucharistia in Greek, which means Thanksgiving. And so the the holiday, the secular holiday of Thanksgiving, we can kind of play our faith into that a lot. So understand that gratitude and Thanksgiving, Eric Barker calls it the tactical nuke of emotions. We, we hear a lot about tactical nukes. Will they be used in the Ukraine conflict? I mean, it's devastating, right? But Gratitude in relationships is a tactical nuke that it can have explosive effects in your relationship, in your family life. Maybe old wounds can be healed that you never thought were possible through using gratitude. Gratitude. What gratitude does, and, and Voss talks about this, what, what gratitude actually can wipe away a lot of the negative, the negative emotions. And so here's, here's how you can kind of do it. And by the way, I, I kind of had this feeling today too. I was, I, I, I was just telling producer Jim I had an appointment with with an ophthalmologist today. I've had some eye issues. I actually had like a hole in my retina in each eye, both at the same time. It's kind of strange that that happened all at once, but it, it really just you know I had to get get them repaired. I had to have you know surgical repair, and I just I'm so grateful for the for the gift of sight. It, it's such a blessing. We take it for granted every single day. But when you when you look at, I mean, I'm in the the doctor's office. I'm looking at these charts, these these pictures, these images of the human eye. I'm just thinking, well, we truly are fearfully and wonderfully made, as Scripture says. It's unbelievable the gift of sight, and we take it for granted. And and when it's sort of threatened, or that we we, we it's it's kind of a scary thought. So I was just so thankful that that through the doctors I was able to get healing. I'm just so grateful to God, and. And I'm just, I was just in a really good mood, just giving thanks today. I was driving home and I was kind of praying and, and I'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow on the Faith Explained show, but the Lord's Prayer, the catechism is kind of divided into three main sections. The Apostles' Creed, what to believe, it's kind of biblical concentrate, kind of like a Tide Pod, here's all of salvation history in a few lines, what to believe, and then there's 
how to live. That's a section on the commandments. And then there's how to pray. And that's the Lord's prayer, the Our Father. And it's not just a vocal prayer that we can pray. It really is divine words. It's the words of Christ himself, the God man. So to actually say those words is great. We do this, of course, every time we pray the rosary, the family rosary across America on relevant radio, 7 p.m. Central. Um, But also don't forget, Divine Mercy Chaplet also has it in there as well in 3 p.m. Central. So how about that? But th- this prayer is so crucial. It's not just the Lord's Prayer, but it's also a template for all prayer, for your mental prayer. You can use this acronym, ACTS, A-C-T-S. And when you break up the Our Father, it's adoration, you know, hallowed be thy name, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, A-C-T-S. So the thanksgiving, so how do you adore God, the adoration? Well, the way that you do that is by giving thanks for all his many blessings in your life, the creation of the world, uh, the bodies that we live in, the food that we eat, uh, a beautiful fall day with all its colors, the fact that we can see these things, uh, if we've been graced with with the gift of sight. Um, it's just something to be really grateful for. So this is these are all things we can keep in mind this Thanksgiving. But what? But how do you do that when? You're at a meal, and you've got that family member, Uncle Tony, or let's say, and he's just he's just hitting all your buttons, just like he used to do when you were a kid. Or maybe your older brother who used to noogie your head and give you wedgies and stuff like that all the time, and he's still on your case. Like, how, how can you possibly get along with it, with these people? Well, Chris Voss says, you know, you can kind of use some hostage negotiation skills when, when, when you're doing this. And one, one of the things that you can do is when somebody's saying something negative, they want, maybe they want to dredge up something from the past. Man, when you were 17, I still can't believe you did that. Here's what you do. You kind, of, you kind of invert what they're saying. You kind of label it, but here's how you do it. If somebody wants to bring up something from the past, here's what you can say. You can say to them, you know, you know Tony, Uncle Tony, it's always been important to you to get things right. Isn't that, isn't that true? It's, it's always been important for you to, to get things right. Or maybe, I, I know you wish that I had respected you more back then. You could say something like that. So that, that, kind, of, that kind of throws people for a loop because you're, you're not accusing them of, why are you bringing this up again? You're saying this very respectfully. And you're bringing out sort of the good point uh, of what they're trying to say. So when you say that, when you kind of throw that back at them and try to find that, that, that sort of positive label that you want to throw at it, you wish I'd respected you more back then, right? Let that sink in. You got to be silent. Pause, uh, you know, the pause that refreshes, if you will. Don't say anything and give them a chance to talk. And he, Chris Voss says, you can be astounded you might be astounded with the results here because when you focus on weeding the good thing out from the bad in what they're saying, it can keep you from boiling over with anger, number one, and getting mad at them. Or, you know, it's amazing how this softens other people. Now, one thing you can do is rehearse this in advance. You can rehearse this. I know it sounds corny, but sometimes we, we just know that certain conversations with certain people are going to come up at Thanksgiving. Maybe it's a political thing. Maybe it's a religious thing. Maybe it's a behavior thing. Something somebody wants to dredge up something. Oh, you always do this or whatever. Um, rehearse this conversation in the mirror. I know it sounds corny. I know it sounds corny, but practice does make 
perfect. I think it, I think it's true. So it, it, it's I think it's, I think this is a really good uh, piece of advice from uh, from Chris Voss because sometimes family, as you know, family is a little is a blessing, but family members can also be really tricky to deal with because the closer somebody is to us they expect you to understand them more and where they're coming from. Why? Because you've known them for so long, but, but they, they are human just like you are. And they have a need just like you do to be understood, to be respected, to be appreciated. And and yeah, they do hold, they do tend, we do tend to hold our family to a higher standard than, than, than people outside. And there may be some other stuff going on under the surface as well. Maybe they're one of the reasons why these these issues come up at family gatherings over Thanksgiving is is because maybe we don't see these people as much. Maybe they're mad about that. Maybe they're bent about that. Why don't you ever visit? That sort of thing. Um, those who are older, they they might be kind of crotchety because maybe they feel like life is passing them by. Maybe they're dealing with sort of feelings of hopelessness. There's all kinds of challenging emotional stuff going on under the surface. So deal with the negative deal with the negative and kind of bring it out in the open but recognize and appreciate where this person is coming from feed the positive in this person even if they're a total negative nelly feed the feed the positive in them by by saying things like that try to find the good in what the, what they're complaining about you know justice has always been important to you you know that's not fair so it's a good way, Chris Voss says, to try to heal old wounds instead of settling old scores. I like that. So, so try to be grateful for them. It's the tactical nuke. It's the tactical nuke of gratitude. And it might just be an unexpected blessing for you this Thanksgiving season. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break on the Kale Clark Show. But when we come back, I'm going to ask you, call in right now, 888 how soon is too soon to put up your Christmas decorations? It's a practical question, and I want to get your answers. Your take, 888-914-9149. Be right back. Hi, this is Kale Clark. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Check out Charity Mobile and prayerfully consider making them your wireless carrier. They're a pro-life phone company, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to Relevant Radio or another pro-life charity of your choice. For a limited time, new customers who mention offer code Relevant Radio get a free phone with free activation and free shipping. Don't delay. CharityMobile.com. That's CharityMobile.com. Faith, facts, and fun. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome back to the program. Going to give out that number right now. You're going to want to call in. I'd be shocked if you didn't call in because I, I kind of feel like this is a question that's going to get a lot of a lot of attention. Let me ask you this. When is it too soon to put up Christmas decorations for a Catholic? What, what do you think? 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. I could be wrong. It could be way off. Maybe you guys don't, don't really have any opinion on this, but... I am you now we we know this in terms of the the retail world people just want to go straight from Halloween to Christmas like right away and 
uh, and people were putting wanting to put up their lights, you know, on the 1st of November. I, I've seen, just walking the dog around the neighborhood, I've seen more Christmas trees in people's living room windows at this early of a time than I've ever seen before. It's not, it, it's not even American Thanksgiving yet. Now, Canadian Thanksgiving is already over. Maybe that's part of it. But in the United States, a lot of people think, no, we still have to pump and, pumpkin spice all the things. We still have to get through Thanksgiving and football and turkey and tryptophan and naps on the couch and all that stuff, which is awesome. But, um, but yeah, I feel like people are doing it early. They're early. The malls, everything. But, but as, we, as we Catholics know... Christmas doesn't actually start until December the 25th. That's 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 when the Christmas season actually starts, 12 days of Christmas and all that stuff. And we'll talk maybe, time permitting, when is it okay to take this stuff down after Christmas? Uh, and, and people, there's some heated debates in the Catholic world about this. And, and, uh, and, 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 and my question is, what, what's your practice? Do you actually wait until Christmas? to put up your Christmas decorations, or do you do it beforehand? Do you do it in Advent? Because at the end of the day, look, listen, when most people are already celebrating Christmas, Christmas parties and all that stuff, it's not actually Christmas yet. It's Advent. It's kind of the, the forgotten season. It, guys, don't forget about Advent. And so there, there, there is sort of a Catholic tradition that, 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 strictly speaking, maybe Christmas Eve to start decorating the tree. But is that a hard and fast rule? I, I don't know. What, how do you do it? What do you think? Is this? A, are people making too big of a deal about this? Does it really matter? There may be other reasons why you might want to actually start doing your decoration early this year, because there, there's actually some psychological and maybe even physical benefits from it. I'll, I'll talk about that in, in just a second. But, but one one of the interesting things that that happens during during christmas and in in the days afterward of course the feast of the presentation of the lord one of the things that is said of, to our lady of course by the aged simeon in the temple is this child will be a sign of contradiction and we ourselves could be kind of a sign of contradiction in this world by celebrating christmas at Christmas time, as opposed to before, um, maybe not doing it the way that everybody else does it. Maybe not putting up our decorations as early. Why aren't your decorations up yet? Your neighbor might say, not taking them down as early after Christmas. That's also a point of conversation. Um, and if you have an HOA, a homeowners association, they, they might actually have a policy. You got to get these things down by January the third or something like that, or we'll fine you. I, I, I don't know. Let, let, let me go to the phones. Let me see what you guys think. You can call in 888-914-9149. Let's go to Michael in Gallup, New Mexico. We're going to take a Gallup poll with Michael and Gallup. Hey, Michael. Hi, Father. Uh, thanks for receiving my call. I'm just on my way to Arizona, but I'm actually from Canada. So I Oh, hey. Uh, yeah, my fellow Canadian. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, God bless you, Father. Listen, I think time <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a priest. Just, just I, I have to. Sorry, Mike. I I, I, I was going to talk about it later because you said that at the beginning. Just to let you know, I, I'm not actually a priest. I, I thank you for the upgrade, uh, but uh, it's not. It's not legit. I, I'm a layperson. Okay. Well, very good. Okay, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's better. That's uh, better. <laughs> listen, I think a really good time to put up decorations is the first week of um, Advent. First week of Advent. Um, okay. And and, and, I, and I really think that um, 
that's when I start sending out Christmas cards. In, in other words, hopefully that they arrive at the first week of, of, of Advent. And usually people receive my card as being the first one in uh, that uh, of the season that they receive. And it kind of just reminds them that Christmas has started. It's not, mm. um, it's not on the, the, the eve of Christmas on the 24th or the 25th, but it actually begins in, in Advent. That's how I see it for sure. And so it, it's just such a beautiful season to, uh, to celebrate and to prepare for the coming uh, of our Savior child. And so, yeah, I just think that that's a great time to put up decorations, especially, you know, the, uh, the nativity scene Mm-hmm. And uh, and the beautiful lights too, you know. So um, yeah, that's that's the time that I would like uh, to put them up, and also to send cards and and Christmas greetings to everyone the first week of Advent. What do you think? Oh. You know, Michael, I thank you. I thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. It's good to hear from a fellow Canadian, of course, now living in New Mexico. So, uh, maybe the weather's a little bit warmer down here, and uh, certainly a hot take there. I don't know if you guys agree with Michael. Is is that a, an appropriate time to do it? Maybe the first week of Advent. And speaking of Advent, later on we'll be updating you guys with news on this later. There'll be some brand new Advent inspirations from Father Rocky this year. He's gonna actually, I think he's gonna be talking about. I don't know if I should spell the beans here, but um, I might not have a show tomorrow. I, I'm gonna take a chance here. Um, he's kind. I think he's gonna be talking about Christmas carols and what they really mean. Uh, this is exciting stuff to me. This is really exciting. So Father Father Rocky will be there. I, he's actually a priest, unlike me. Um, even though Michael gave me the free upgrade there, it didn't didn't really work. <laughs> so uh, hey, we all have our different vocations, right? And um, uh, we're all just trying to serve Christ in the way that God called us. Let's go back to the phones now. Let's go to Florida. Let's go to. There's never any snow on Christmas in Tampa, Florida, but. Jaya is on the line in Tampa. Hello. Hi, Kale. My first time uh, on your show. Hey, um, thank you. Welcome. Uh, it's always good to have longtime listeners, first-time callers. We need to get like say, some cowbell going or something, Jim, to, to celebrate uh, whenever somebody calls. But, but Jaya, <laughs> I appreciate your call. And what what's your what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, first of all, Tampa is like it doesn't feel like we're celebrating Christmas. Because I'm from the Northeast, so it feels so weird. Like, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know. Yeah, go ahead. T- t- tell us about that. Yeah, it is it is weird. Like, my, my parents uh, are snowbirds, and whenever we're down for Christmas visiting them, because uh, they, they always go to Florida for, for Christmas time, it is, a bit, it is a bit odd. It is a bit odd to not have snow, to have the palm trees and everything. But you know what? I, I can get... Christmas golf is something I could totally get used to, so uh, it doesn't hurt me that much. Anyways, having said that, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I'm from India, and, like, our tradition is we put up the lights, the star, Christmas tree, everything on the day of the Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, Um, Yeah, like, it was, I don't know, like, that's how we did it all the time, like, growing up, but then... Looking back, what I really liked was in that tradition, like all our family, like uncles will come over on that day, obviously going to church together, like midnight mm-hmm. mass, like midnight, oh, yeah. midnight, like 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they would all help us to put up the star and everything on the Christmas Eve day. So I think that was really beautiful, like looking back. Yeah. yeah. 
Sounds, sounds like a great family memory. And, and like you said, Jay, I think that is a, a fairly common Catholic tradition that that Christmas Eve day is, is the day that things really, really get decorated. Maybe some people start adding things here and there leading up to this, but but letting Advent be Advent, if you will, uh, is one way to look at it. So, hey, yeah, I really appreciate that. And yeah, who does? thank you for the call. I appreciate that, Jay. Call back anytime, first-time caller. Glad to have you. Uh, don't be a stranger. Call back. Um, and yeah, Midnight Mass. I love Midnight Mass. It's just the best. And as any pastor will tell you, they get a lot of calls. What time is Midnight Mass? I know, I know. But anyways, okay, let's go back to the phones. Julie in Portland, Maine. Hey, Julie. Hey, Kale, how you doing? I'm great, I'm great. Thanks for calling in from beautiful Maine. Because I, I grew up in Nova Scotia, so I feel like that was the Canadian Maine. It was very close, so. Well, it, it pretty much is. They're not so different. <laughs> from one not at all, not at Actually, all. The first time, the first time I called you, and I wanted to check in with you on this, I was the caller who was a long time ago, like a year ago or so. Uh-huh. We talked about setting up like guardianship for your daughter if something were to happen to both you and your wife and putting that in your will, like who would be your daughter's guardian. So I just wanted to remind you of that, Kale. That was one thing we had chatted about one time. So don't turn off. (laughs) Julie, I think, you know, the Lord is speaking to me through you because I have put it off. I've been procrastinating. That that's a, that's like one of my, my big faults. I'm, I'm a massive procrastinator. And uh, yes, I've got to do that. I've got, it's really, really important I, I, to, to get a will going, to, to get, uh, you know, you, when you have dependents, you, you really have to do that. So thank you for the reminder. Thank you for calling me on that. I really do appreciate that, Julie. Yeah, I do need to do it still. So yeah, Julie, but keep going, keep going. You want to talk about some other stuff too. So the Christmas lights, you know, living in Maine, and you know this, being from Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. we put Christmas up the weekend after Thanksgiving, and it's utterly out of practicality because it is so depressing when it gets dark at 4 p.m. Yeah. And it's dark and cold. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, just, There's totally. no religiosity behind it. It's just, oh, my gosh, let's get those Christmas lights up. Let's get the tree up because it really does help everybody's mood a lot. <laughs> so. You know, yeah, that's that's so true. You're right. Yeah, the, the days get shorter. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, and it can be it can be kind of like if you don't have an inner light, you know, you, you can really, really, it's easy to get kind of depressed. Like seasonal affective disorder actually really does affect a lot of people. I had a close friend who really suffered from it. And uh, he was—he literally had to sit under a special lamp. It really affected his moods psychologically and everything like that. So um, that is so true, just practically speaking. And and I will talk about this later. That the practical benefits of having Christmas decorations around, not to be sneezed at, if you will. Um, but yeah, Julie, that—that's—that's that's a great call. I really appreciate that. And thanks for the uh, the gentle reminder, the the nudge to to get things in order. I appreciate that. Have a great night. Okay, God bless you, Julie. Call back anytime. That's Julie in beautiful Portland, Maine. All right, let's go now to, where are we going? The central coast of California. Paul is on the line. Hello, Paul. Hello, Kale. Hey, good to Here, have you, Paul. Uh, we put up, we start off with the lights and we put them up in the third week of Advent. You know, once we light the pink candle. Ah, that's that's an, that's, that's an interesting take. That's kind of a nice little... Kind of a half, halfway yeah. point, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's kind we, of a... Uh, then we leave them up till at least after uh, the 8th of January, and sometimes the, the baptism of Jesus. Leave them up yeah. late. 
Yeah, there, there you go, and that, that's a, that's a, that's actually an interesting. Uh, that I don't think I've ever heard anybody actually say that out loud before. But that that's kind of an interesting transition point. The third week of Advent, obviously the the pink candle, the pink vestments come out, but the priests say, no, 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 it's not pink, it's salmon, because a salmon is a very manly fish that has to swim upstream. And uh, that Sunday has a particular name. And producer Jim, do you, do you know what it is? Do you know what it God is? Got Sunday. Gaudete Sunday, you got it exactly. I actually didn't know. I was, I was, I was, I was making it sound like I was omniscient and I was putting you on the spot, but you did know the answer. Anyways, okay, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> but thanks for that. Yeah, Gaudete Sunday, and that's where we, 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 the, the, we've turned the corner. We're almost there. The joy is palpable. So that, that's what that color represents. That rose color, the, the excess of joy, and of course we have this in Lent as well. So that's a, that's an interesting take. I, I like that. I like that. Um, third week, maybe not a bad time to start setting up. Appreciate that, Paul, in the central coast of California. All right, let's go. Another another Michael is on the line from Duval in Jacksonville, Florida. Michael, glad to have you. Yeah, I always. This is my third time calling in the many many years. I always love it when you say Duval. I have to and, do it. Uh, we took we, we took a beat in. Uh, we won't talk about last Sunday, so we'll let that one go. <laughs> you let it go. I was actually pretty shocked yeah. at that because uh, I, um, I, I do have George Kittle as my tight end in fantasy, so I was kind of happy. But uh, I was. Oh, no. I, yeah, Say sorry about that. So. <laughs> Dude, hey, you know, I was. I for the Bills, man. I'll take it back. <laughs> oh, man. That, yeah, I tell you, that was. Uh, I'm not surprised, but that, that was a disaster unto, unto itself. That's a whole other show unto itself. But, but yeah, we'll so my. We'll leave it on. Yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave it for our own sanity. <laughs> yes, but getting back to the subject, I've really enjoyed everybody's take so far. Uh, the fella, your fellow Canadian, your Canuck Frank, going yep. to Gallup, New Mexico. Yeah, I really, I enjoyed the way he put it because I always put it up that my goal is Thanksgiving night. I am ready to hit the switch. I don't, but I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, Friday, the switch goes on and the lights are on. That's always my goal. Celebrate Thanksgiving and put the lights on the day after. But uh, and I really don't have a a good reason why other than my dad and mom, traditional Catholics, we were the only kids on the block without a tree or lights until like Christmas Eve, you know? So <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's why. That's uh, but I really didn't like kids put about it and because in the perspective of Advent, uh, and I'm looking at my calendar, of course, and Advent starts mm-hmm. December 4th this year, or sorry, the 3rd. Uh, so I'm not too far off from the day after Thanksgiving, but uh, yeah, letting people know that we are preparing, and mm-hmm. uh, Abbott is a preparation for the coming of Christ, and uh, and I get my nativity scene, but in in tradition, baby Jesus doesn't go out there until uh, midnight Christmas Eve. But uh, that, I just yeah. I really appreciate everybody's take on it, and uh, uh, but on the flip side, you know, kudos to my mom and dad and their their old ways, they would, my mom would leave the nativity scene and some decorations up until February 2nd, until candlelight. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yep. an old question. So, that's right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm not sure. You know, you, you, I know you, that's not the subject of taking them down, but not everything stayed up, but a few things did. So it kind of made up for not having it beforehand. Uh, but uh, that's it. Uh, I really appreciate everybody's take on it. It makes us think. And, uh, and I think it's not, even though, in this world, Christmas has been commercialized and the money. I get it. I get it. We've been saying that for generations now. However, just to hear people saying Christmas, and even though they may not mm-hmm. admit it, they know what Christmas comes from. It comes from Christ. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, 
I'm happy to, to spread the chair with Christmas chair and say Merry Christmas. And even to our friends who are agnostic or what yeah. have you, uh, hey, it's about Christ. So thank you very much, Kevin, all you do. Hey, thank you, Michael, in Duval County. Yeah, I had to say that again. And it, that was a great take, Michael. Great, great phone call. Really appreciate you. You call back anytime. And I, and I, and I, and I like that. And and you said, you know, man, I just wanted to get, it's almost like when you're growing up, your parents are kind of, you know, delay. And there's no, like, right or wrong answer to this. There's different takes on this. It, it, there's no official church position on when you should start setting up your, your decorations for Christmas. But but like I said, I, I'll share this after the break. I'll take a quick break right now. But I, I will share this after the break. There, there are some psychological benefits to maybe starting early that you might want to think about. I'll, I'll share those with you later but it's not like you're going to get you're going to confession you're looking at the examination of conscience pamphlet outside the confessional you know one of the questions is not did you set up your christmas tree too early i mean it's not there it's just not there so uh you know brilliant minds may differ on this but but i'm enjoying hearing your guys perspectives and your traditions and and what you think about this is is it a means of evangelizing our neighbors as well i mean uh, we we had this incredible giveaway of nativity sets at Relevant Radio, which were made possible by a generous donor, and they're just gorgeous. And it's a great witness to have the Holy Family there, and maybe a bay window, or maybe even outside. Um, beautiful, beautiful stuff. We'll, we'll be right back on the Kale Clark Show, but I want to hear from you guys as well. Uh, if you didn't have a chance to get in, if you're on the line, stay there. I see you, Ray. I see you, Dan. Call in right now, 888-914-9149. Be right back. So you can explain it to others. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hey, welcome back to the program. Once again, you can call in right now, 888-914-9149. A couple lines just opened up, so great time to call right now. Jump in, have a take on this, 888-914-9149. We're talking about how early is too early to put up your Christmas decorations. Have you done it yet? What's your take on this? Do you, do you kind of wait until the Christmas season actually starts? You kind of just do Advent as a separate thing? Or do you put them up early? Well, as I promised, I would share this little bit of research with you guys that science actually says when you put up your Christmas decorations, it actually has an effect on your mood, on, on your happiness, on, on a lot of different things. This is, this is kind of interesting. So this is like sort of a non-supernatural take on this, but... Of course, as we know, uh, grace builds on nature, and this is intriguing. So Rihanna Murray wrote this uh, piece uh, for the Today.com website, which has to do, of course, with the TV show today. And um, she says that according to research from psychologists, that people, even when they break out their Christmas lights before Thanksgiving, before they carve their Thanksgiving turkeys, psychologists actually say that it does tend to make people happier. So back in, uh, in 2017, uh, there was a British uh, website that reported on this that, um, and it was kind of a, a psychologist who kind of led this study named Deborah Sarani. And um, basically what, what they said was that people who decorate earlier, they're, they're, what they're essentially doing is they're, they're tapping into the excitement of the holidays before, <laughs> before it actually happens, before most people do. But they're, but they're getting some real benefits for, from this. And uh, the psychologist Deborah Sarani said this, quote, it does create that neurological shift that can produce happiness. I think anything that takes us out of our normal habituation, 
the normal day, day in, day out, it signals our senses, and then our senses measure if it's pleasing or not, end of quote. Another thing that she says is that when people decorate for Christmas, it actually spikes dopamine in your system, and that's kind of the feel-good hormone in, in your body, dopamine, and there's lots of ways to get dopamine. Just getting sunlight in the morning. We've talked about this before. Uh, Andrew Huberman, who's got like one of the most popular podcasts in the world, it's definitely top three or four. The Huberman Lab. He he talks about this. That this is a neurobiologist. Just getting sunlight in the morning, early in the morning, without sunglasses on. You know, it's don't stare at the sun or anything. But it's really good for your body. It actually promotes dopamine. It promote promotes a better mood. It's good for you. Um, there's all kinds of things. Exercise can, can create uh, dopamine spikes, kind of feel good after we've gone to the gym. Producer Jim goes to the gym a lot. He's a workout fiend. He, he's training for the Boston Marathon. Um, he knows what this is all about. He does it even when he's tired. And he does it. He's like, I got to do this. Got to do this. Um, good example for the rest of us. But Christmas, Christmas decorations as well do kickstart dopamine. Why? Well, some of it's kind of just the, the sensory input, the bright lights, the colors. There's something actually called, I've never heard of this before. I've never heard of this before. It's called chromotherapy, color therapy. I've never heard of this before. But when certain colors are in play, apparently it increases energy, it boosts happiness. And let, let's face it, it's just fun. It's just amazing. I love seeing Christmas trees lit up and you probably do as well. You have to be the Grinch not to, I would think, right? 888-914-9149. Call in, have a take. So there's even a, there's even a new scientific field, um, which is all about understanding how our environments, and by environments, I'm not talking about the physical world. I'm not talking about the, the earth. I'm talking about architecture, <laughs> like how our designed environments, our homes, the, the physical like spaces that we live in, they can affect our behavior too. It's called neuroarchitecture, neuroarchitecture. And yeah, I can see how that's true. I mean, I, I'm not a psychologist or even an amateur psychologist, but um, like Dr. Jordan Peterson, you know, he's a real psychologist and his wife, Tammy Peterson was on the show. Everyone's talking about her conversion to Catholicism. She's going to be entering the church this Easter. There was a video that came out. Everybody's emailing this back and forth. And I'm like, she was on Relevant Radio. She was on our show uh, just a few days ago. So check out the Tammy Peterson interview uh, in the Kale Clark Show archives on the Relevant Radio app, relevantradio.com. And uh, yeah, so uh, the, the psychologists say that that our physical, and it's true. Like, I mean, if your desk is cluttered, I'm not saying mine isn't cluttered because it totally is. Um, you feel like your brain kind of feels more organized. Um, uh, it, I don't know if you've ever had that experience where we just, just the environment that you're in can affect your mood. I don't think there's any question about that. And then the other thing that where it really kind of hits you is with nostalgia, nostalgia, especially if we have great, great family memories. One of our other uh, callers er- earlier talked about this, how growing up, there's this great memory of family, the family getting together on Christmas Eve, decorating the tree. So this nostalgia of of the magical times of childhood, great memories of Christmas, you want to get back to that as soon as you can. That's why a lot of people, they can't help themselves, but hang up the Christmas lights maybe before the time. Now, the flip side of that is, and that's something we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show, if you had some negative family interactions, maybe dur- during uh, during Christmas time, that, that's that's incredibly unfortunate, and that that can 
that could dredge up bad memories too. So there is that other side as well. And, and if that's the case, then you 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 dread seeing the, the Christmas decorations going up uh, in stores uh, even before October gets going. So how do you, so how do you do that? What's what's one thing you can kind of kind of do if if it's a, a source of maybe not so happy memories for you? Um, another psychologist named Elizabeth Lombardo, uh, who they interviewed for this piece, said you can the thing to do there is you need to start a new tradition. You need to start a new tradition. Um, maybe you create a new family tradition where you, where you go away for the holidays or you, you volunteer at a soup kitchen or a food bank or something like that over the holidays, something we can serve other people it just kind of almost snaps you out of it. And you can start a new thing, replace the bad thing with a good thing. And then later on in the, in the future, you'll, you'll be able to subconsciously connect that, uh, future Christmases with those good memories that you just made. So that's that's kind of interesting. And here's another thing too. This is this is maybe good for evangelizing for for us as Catholics because we really want to share Christ with the world, and that's what we do on Relevant Radio. That's why we're here. We want to share Christ with the world through the media. But there's other ways to do that. And of course, you can't really replace the one-on-one conversations that you can have with people. Research shows that if you do have your Christmas decorations up, your neighbors tend to view you as being more friendly and maybe somebody I want to talk to because, okay, now, because most people have a, you know, religious, um, the general knowledge that people have of religion and of what the Catholic church teaches, especially if they're not Catholic in the general population is pretty low. Right. And that's why we do what we do here. We, we want to, we're all on the educational journey together. We all have a lot to learn. That's why we have shows like the faith explained here on relevant radio. We, we really want people to learn about the faith and learn about the truth and learn about Christ so that they can experience his love. But if, if, okay, if, if you, if you're walking down the street and you're not Catholic in this family, they don't have their lights on. They don't have their Christmas tree up. Now it could be because, Hey, we're telling you guys it's Advent. It's not Christmas yet. They're not going to get that. They, they, they I, and I'm not saying that uh, that's not a reason to start decorating early, but, but if you do decorate early, they might say, wow, the, these guys are probably believers in Jesus, right? I mean, maybe they're just in for the commercialism of the holidays, but they, they might actually be Christians. Like they've got some, they seem to have a nativity set in the window or something like that. And you never know. You never know what conversations they, that, that, that might lead to. So, um, and just generally speaking, people tend to view people who have their lights up as being more sociable. So it's, it's kind of a, kind of a no-lose situation, I think. I don't know. So. Uh, has this swayed you? Are you are you thinking about uh, decorating early? Give me a call, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go to Ray in Reno, Nevada. Hello, Ray. Hi, Kale. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for calling in. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, mine is kind of convoluted. <laughs> okay. I was uh, supposed to be born after the after the first of the year, and I surprised everybody and came on the 23rd. So mm. after that, we always made a big deal about putting the last ornaments on the tree on Christmas Eve, things like that. So going forward, my son would go get on a plane and see his father <clears throat> Christmas Eve. So it was a rough, mm. a rough Chris or Christmas morning, excuse me. Mm. So we made a big deal about decorating the Christmas tree, putting all our decorations up on Christmas Eve. So it's just kind of followed suit. Yeah, that Um, makes sense. We do the Advent wreath, starting with the first Sunday of Advent. Mm -hmm. 
And then we finish decorating the last week before Christmas Day, and then we leave them up till the 10th. So it works out really well. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ray. I appreciate you calling in and sharing your experience and, and your tradition. And yeah, that's, that's especially true when families ha- are, are part and, and, and uh, you have to do Christmas with one side of the family or another side for, for various reasons. And that, that plays into the traditions of people as well. Let's go quickly to Dan in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Hey, Dan, we got a, about a minute or two uh, here. I wanted to make, you had a good call, a good point you wanted to make. So I wanted to, you'd be able to get that in there. Absolutely. I think the the reason to decorate right at Thanksgiving, if you can, is because the world is decorating right then. Everybody is, and I don't mean inside. What you do inside is, it can, can be whatever you want. But hmm. outside, the world is decorating. People are driving around, look at the lights. And you try to find a nativity scene nowadays, you go a long way before you find hmm. one. So you put a beautiful nativity set right up there, light it up. I've got the big words, Merry Christmas, in big, huge letters. So the word Christmas is out there. And, you know, if my neighbors didn't know I was a Christian, they do. And it's an <laughs> opportunity to connect with other Christians. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, Matt Burke, um, uh, Super Bowl champion, um, ex-Viking, oh, yeah. but he won the Super Bowl Baltimore. Anyway, he lives Great on this Burke. really yeah. nice street, okay? He's been successful. <laughs> okay. And yep. everybody on that street is incredibly uh uh, big about decorating, and then people take busloads to drive down the street. So you drive down it, and there is not a word about um, anything Christian. It's incredible. You want to see it. Hmm. But Matt, who is this wonderful Catholic, yep. um, at, he's at the end of the block. He doesn't have any additional lights on, but in huge letters, in lights, just the word Jesus, all the way across the front of his lawn. Wow. It's like, Here's the answer to what you've just been looking at. What What is this about? It's about Jesus. It just kind of blows you away at the end of the block, and it's uh, it's perfect. But we have a chance to evangelize in ways that we can't by outside putting that major yeah. scene, putting the word Jesus or Christmas yeah. for for everyone to see. And Dan, that's a great point. And that's exactly why we give away these nativity sets at Relevant Radio. We have this 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 uh, contest that people could get in on every single year. We only have, I think, about two hundred of them. But that's why we. That's exactly why we do it because it's a great way to evangelize. And speaking of Matt Burke, got to get Matt on the show. We have some common friends. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because, of course, he did win the Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. And that's a good segue into Thursday Night Football. Ravens playing the Bengals and. I'm kind of scared because even though my my fantasy team in the relevant football league is called the Federal Borough of Investigation, I did decide to bench Joe Burrow tonight. He plays for the Bengals, quarterback of the Bengals. And Joe might say, hey, I'm Joe Cool, but that's not cool, Kale. Um, You need to have some more faith in me. But, hey, you're playing the Ravens, man. Uh, It's going to be a tough defensive battle, I think. And I don't know. He might throw for 400 yards. But I went with Jared Goff from the Lions um, this weekend. I'm actually playing the great Mike Kendall. In fantasy, uh, Jim, so I'm, I'm kind of worried. The Palatine Popes, uh, they're a tough opponent, but uh, anyways. You can do it, I, I think it's important for the people to know what's going on in the relevant radio fantasy football league, but uh, that's not the, the most important thing we're talking about by any stretch of the imagination. It's like the Christmas season. We've got to keep the main thing the main thing, as Matt Burke did. Jesus. It's about Jesus. Thanks for joining me on the Kale Clark Show today. Miranda Sinaceros took your phone calls. Jim Shaper produced. Michaela, we'll be here with Kid Jokes tomorrow. Lord willing. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.